Wait, so, so can we go back a little bit though to this dictionary? Yes. Like this this Don't like flip, the flip through. No, no, no. I'm not. What I wanted to ask you though is like how was there any time when you got the words wrong and like was there a mix up or something like that? Oh, um, I don't think there was a mix up because like I was flipping hard, like before I'd say anything. So it wasn't like me like talking and then like them not understanding and me going back. I think at that point I was so still new to me. I mean, I mean, I was like a junior, but still like I didn't feel comfortable enough. I didn't have the confidence. So I was depending on the dictionary a lot before I'd even start. If it was a word that I didn't even think I knew, I was already in the dictionary. I, not Listen, they could have been laughing at me. Let me just say this. I don't think there was a time that I got a word wrong, but they might disagree. Mm, gotcha. Welcome to the Brandon Files podcast. I'm Brandy. And I'm Shannon, also known as Brandon. I'm the older sister. And I'm the younger. As Black women, we've had a lifetime of adventures, including world travel, navigating work, and adjusting to evolving family dynamics. Join us as we dig deep into the files to share stories, experiences, and tips. Hey, hey, hey. What it do, boo? What it do, what it do? We're back for another episode. Here we go. You know what I missed from the last episode? What? You're singing. You didn't have a song. I mean, wait, no, we did a little song, I think. A little song. It was a very little snippet. But I mean, it's not like I can really sing. Oh, I had a song a couple of times, but I was trying to refrain because you told me I always have a song on, on the episode. I feel like somebody out there likes it. Y'all let us know. Do you like what Brandy sings when she makes up her own words to songs that you might know? Because they're usually based on the song that really existed. Let but, us okay, know. let's just say when Brandy chants, because I ain't really singing. Okay, whatever. When Brandy does her thing, you want her to keep going? Because I find it entertaining, but I don't know if y'all find it entertaining. But we're going to get us started the way we normally do. And I want to know, B, what have you navigated through since we last talked? You know, I feel like the healthcare thread sometimes continues to go on. Still trying to navigate like this healthcare system. It really has me perplexed and confused. I don't understand why if I'm referred by one doctor to go to another doctor, the other doctor can't get me in for essentially three months. I mean, the time frame in which people want you to go see somebody just doesn't line up with the fact that they thought you should be seen in my opinion. Yeah, that that's a hard one. I mean, you know how I feel about the healthcare system. If you listen to that episode when we talked all about health, but uh, whew, it doesn't make I any got, sense. Yeah, I finally got to see the specialist. And then the specialist saw me for literally less than 15 minutes, looked at me like he didn't even think I was serious, but yet I was referred to him. And then was like, okay, go take a test. That test can't be done for a month. Oh, and then you need to follow up after that. Oh, said follow-up can't come to another month after the test. So we're talking like three more months when it started back in July. So yeah, I don't, this timing, I don't The math ain't mathing on the timing. Not like, mathing at all. If they really thought this was a concern for you to be going to see specialists and getting tests done, shouldn't they be able to tell you what the results are or what you should be doing after that a lot sooner? 
one would think. I mean, I'm convinced that I'm all good and praying that I'm all good. But like, if I was a little bit more concerned, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And the answer that I got was, well, if the test comes back and like we see some things, then we'll get you in sooner. Well, how come you can't just get me in sooner then anyway? Like, wh why does it have to be that? Yeah. Um, so hmm. that's kind of what I've been navigating through is just trying to understand how that all works. What I about you? you? I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. What about uh, you? What do you navigate through? I've been navigating through trying to stay on schedule with my lock journey. So mm -hmm. I self-maintain my locks and I'm on the go all the time. So I'm bouncing here, there, and everywhere. And I bought one of these like 360 mirrors so that I can see the back of my head and I can do my own retie and all these things. But I just have not gotten into a habit of like packing the mirror when I'm not going to be at home so that I can continue to like retie my locks when I'm elsewhere. I have tried to do my locks without the mirror and that's usually when I mess them up and I end up like combining two locks into one when they were supposed to be a separate grid. Anybody who has locks, you understand that your grid is like paramount. Every that's lock everything. Teacher, that's everything. like prides themselves on the grid. It's your foundation of your lock journey, if you will. But at the same time, I'm like, look, it's locks, right? So locks are kind of a natural-ish thing. So if my grid ain't gridding, then it's just going to be okay. Uh, I don't know, but you don't I want mean, one thick chunk in the back and the rest of them to be like narrower. No, no, no. So the, the grid is like the square, right? The okay. squares in your scalp. Okay. The but, part. So sometimes I have put two locks in one square. So oh, they, okay. they're like V out. The locks aren't combined. They're just in gotcha. that same grid at that point. So I've figured out a way, which probably somebody out there is going to tell me I'm not doing it right. And that's fine. But guess what? I'm maintaining my own. I will cut them apart if I have messed up. After it okay. grows out enough, then I just cut it. And then they're back to being two different locks and they can still have their own grid. And so far that has worked for me. I feel like if somebody, if I was going to try to comb out my locks, that might not be working so well that I've cut you know, like the connection point to my scalp. But as of right now, I don't plan on going back. I love my locks. It's the best decision I've ever made. So we're going to keep it rolling with that. Love it. I keep trying to tell you, I'll help you retie if you just show me because you got a lot of hair, but you know, it's fine. As long as your I arms mean, are getting tired. We got to be in the same place at I the mean, same time for not a long enough time for me to really have to show you what to do and for you to be able to get it. Because Virgo's be Virgoing, and you're going to be a perfectionist. It's going to take twice as long with you helping me than it would take for me to just do it. I feel like YouTube shows you anything. I feel like I could study and I'll be ready to go. I feel like you could too, but you know you. You're going yeah, to be, I want to be to right. just right. And I'll be like, look, like if you help it, I'm going to need it to be like twice as fast at minimum. You're right. You, you're probably right. Virgos be Virgoing, and I would want it to be just right. I don't want you out there looking crazy. No, never that. You wouldn't let me do that. No, definitely not. In today's episode, we're talking about studying abroad. Make sure you stay through to the end for our episode tip of going globally locally. What's your study abroad experience? Wow. Um, I have been so blessed to get to study abroad three times. 
So I think that each experience is different, but, um, you know, I think I'm going to talk about the first time because it was my first time. Um, that one was really cool because I got to go with school. So it was a little bit less alone than what some of my other study abroad experiences might've been. Um, so we went with school and that was to Costa Rica and, um, and it was a homestay. So this is not a study abroad where you just like go abroad and like maybe stay in like a college dorm or anything like that. No, this was a homestay. So I actually got to stay in a house with a family uh, that took me in. And this was a while, a while ago. Okay, maybe a long time ago. Let me, who am I fooling? <laughs> I was um, like, for your first one? Yeah, a while is relative. Right. What I'm saying is, I think the Costa Rica that people know today is nothing like the Costa Rica that is is now. Um, they didn't even have paved roads or a freeway. So um, everything about it was, was just like very um, natural and not as developed as it is now. But my experience is just that the way you're able to absorb the culture, you can study all these things in school or maybe learn a language and things like that. But this way you're really immersed into their daily lives. And for me, it took my um, Spanish speaking to a whole nother level. Again, it's one thing to learn in classes, but it's another thing to hear it, sleep it, breathe it all day. And this and instance- even yeah. With Spanish, though, isn't Spanish different in different countries, too? So, like, was it oh, the absolutely. Spanish that you learned in school? Was that the Spanish that they were speaking in Costa Rica? Uh, it was closer, but no, Spanish is very different depending on where you are. So, in Costa Rica, it was more similar to what I learned in school. But, like, my host family spoke zero English. Like, zero. So, I was depending a lot on, this is pre-cell phone and free Wi-Fi, y'all. I was depending on my little Spanish-English dictionary, flipping through, looking for words, hoping I conjugated the words properly, like all of those things. But to your point, um, my second study abroad was in Spain. And that Spanish, totally different than what I learned in school. And even more so, I was in um, an area like near Barcelona, which is what they called Catalan, or... or Catalonia and they speak Catalan which is like not even Spanish just like a Spanish and French mix oh. so right so my family they do speak what it would be called Castellano which is Castilian which is the rest of Spain but they had to make it a point to speak that because that's not normally what they would speak in their house wait so, so can we go back a little bit though to this yeah. dictionary yes like this this don't, like, don't the flip through no 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 I'm not what I wanted to ask you though is like how was there any time when you got the words wrong and like was there a mix-up or something like that oh um I don't think there was a mix-up because like I was flipping hard like before I'd say anything so it wasn't like me like talking and then like them not understanding and me going back I think at that point I was so still new to me I mean I mean, I was like a junior, but still like, I didn't feel comfortable enough. I didn't have the confidence. So I was depending on the dictionary a lot before I'd even start. If it was a word that I didn't even think I knew, I was already in the dictionary. I, not, listen, they could have been laughing at me. Let me just say this. I don't think there was a time that I got a word wrong, but they might disagree. Mm, gotcha. Wait, so I got questions, you know, even though I was around when you did this, this is still like, I want to ask the questions for the people who weren't around, right? Okay. So if you think back to another episode, we were talking about never meeting a stranger. Do you still keep in touch with your host family? Ah, okay. So that's a good question. Um, so my family from Costa Rica, 
I do still keep in touch. And remember, that was the one that was like through school. So we had oh, like yeah. a connection with the school and stuff like that. But again, not dating myself, but 100% dating myself. There was no such thing as cell phone, Facebook, not even MySpace, no Instagram. So my Spanish family, sadly enough, I don't have touch with them. And it's not because I don't want to, but there was like when I like stopped writing letters or lost the address. And I don't even know if they live there now, this many years later, I lost contact with them and haven't so far been able to find them on um, the internet. To be honest, I think that I even lost touch a little bit with my Costa Rica family, but because other people in the school had kept in touch enough with their people and then Facebook came about and things like that. Um, in fact, yeah, my uh, host mom just wished me, my host mom and host sister from Costa Rica just wished me a happy birthday on Facebook. And and then, which I'm sure you can talk about more, we had like uh, we had two um, students come stay with us. So then I also keep in touch with um, Gina, who was from Costa Rica, who was also part of the school exchange. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about the other side of things, and as you mentioned, that we had um, we were a host family for students who studied abroad. So as you mentioned, Gina, who came from Costa Rica. Um, she was really our study abroad student because of you, like, and like your interest in being a host family and your, I can't remember, did you go before I Gina? First. Yeah. Yeah, I went first and then she came on the next round. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was a whole experience. Like, I don't know how old I was at the time when Gina came, but it was really cool to have someone there. I didn't really, I don't feel like I interacted with her as much, but our second, um, study abroad student that we hosted, oh, airplane, sorry if y'all hear that. Our second study abroad student that we hosted, Axel, he came from France and this was after you were gone off yeah, the college. Yeah, I wasn't even there, yeah. Yeah, and it was, um, this is an experience that, you know, I, I always bring the nightmare stories. So it's even though having your youth uh, study abroad is a great experience, there's also times when like, he didn't have a place to stay like we were not his original host family there was yeah. he was already like in the U.S. and they were looking for placement for him I don't know what happened with his first family it, yeah, I was gonna say, if I remember correctly he was with the family but somehow they changed their mind or I don't know yeah something happened where they needed to emergency place him basically and they knew that he liked basketball and they knew that we were a basketball family so it was like oh yeah like they have a teenagers like we're you know a teenage daughter uh, maybe that'd be a good family and our parents being the good-hearted people that they are and our are growing up in Grand Central Station in the drop-in center where people come and go uh, they took him in and, and so I will say I, I will add though that he was from the program that took me to Spain so okay. it was like he didn't have a placement but they did like they looked down the list of like people who had been placed and uh, I think that's how, like they came to know you know to reach out to mom and dad yeah, these are things I don't know. So <laughs> thanks for that added color. Because no that's not something that I had any idea of. All I knew is we were a house of girls. And here was this teenage boy coming into my space because I was the one at home at the time. But it was honestly a really cool experience like to learn from him. Like he was kind of goofy back then, but he also was able to like I was working that summer and basketball my parents put him in basketball camp like what are we going to do with him all day when they're everybody's working in the house so 
uh, he went off to basketball camp during the day and like I would pick him up or something because I was driving then and he would hang out with me and my friends and yeah it was really cool and I remember him teaching mom and I how to make a dish or similar to a dish that his mom made he cooked for That's us awesome. so that and, was really and cool. I mean and basketball really stuck with him right although I wasn't home what I do know is that basketball stuck with him and he played all the way up and I think maybe even like semi-pro in France if I'm not mistaken yeah he did he did stick with basketball so yeah I remember finding some like highlight reels of him on the internet so i I do still keep in touch with him and I was I I was able to find him on the internet now that we did have the age of that and you know being able to whatsapp occasionally and now even like gotten on calls and met his daughters and I've and I was lucky enough to finally meet him, by the way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, on one of my work trips, Shan came with me to Paris and he's living there and I got to meet him finally. So that was really cool. Yeah. So whenever I'm in France or Paris, near Paris, I try to let him know that I'm coming and usually he'll find a way to make it into the city center so we can meet up and I can catch up with him and his family. So that's really cool. Like just knowing somebody who is like family because they live, he lived with us. That was a neat experience. Yeah. And I, and I love the way that he just uh, took me in just like I was the other sister, even though I wasn't there when he lived there. Like when he met me, it was equally as exciting. Yeah. Um, you were an extension of us. Yeah. But back then, it's not even like I got to call and talk to you guys and meet him like on any kind of video chat because we didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I talked to him on the phone once or twice, maybe. But at that time, he didn't really speak much English. So. I mean, but let's think about it. You, How many of your friends that have never met me will just adopt me because I'm an extension of you? You That's were an true. extension, like you were not, you weren't even just an extension of me. You were an extension of me, mom, and dad. So it was, I feel like it was pretty easy to welcome you in. Oh, well, I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, I love like me telling my side of being in a, being in a home and then you telling the side of like having a student in our house both two different sides we both got to experience uh like have study abroad experiences in different ways we enjoy talking with each other but we also want to talk with you comment subscribe like and follow at brandon files on youtube ig and facebook don't forget to turn on your notifications to know when we have new content to share how did your experience um on, on study abroad influence you well, my experience really, I think, was, you know, seeing it through what you experienced, too, and then the host family aspect of it. So it made me, like, think of the world as being not so large. Like, it seemed like other countries and, like, cultures were now accessible because not only did we have people from other places come live in our home, but you went out and did it. And so it was like, wait a minute when I thought this country was so far away or like the flight seemed so long, then it's like, maybe it's not. And I feel like that was, I've talked about in other episodes where like your experience in travel really influenced my experience in travel. So this is just like another example of watching you go out and be global and really making me think about it and thinking like, huh, like I always knew I wanted to get out of East Lansing. That was never like, that was a given. Well, that's that's I, always a given, right? Yeah, like I was thinking more like New York, you know, like I was yeah. thinking still like really domestically. And I think these experiences made me think more globally. I love that. I love that. I think um, for me, like 
it made me just want to do more, to be honest. Like, um, like it really just made me want to travel even more places. And it really, um, it really enhanced my love of languages. Um, like Spanish has always been like, even since middle school, like it's always been a thing for me and I really liked it. But then um, it just made me want to learn other languages because I find that like when you live in other countries, like I mentioned, like my host family, essentially they spoke three languages. They spoke Castellano, Catalan, and then some English, right? And when you travel to other countries, most of the people speak more than one language, if, if, if two, if not three. And it just really gave me an appreciation for, for learning other languages and, and a desire to do so. Now, it's not like I speak that many other languages, but I at least um, try and find at least enough functioning words in whatever kind of country that, in whatever country I'm going to, in their local language. Um, How many languages do you actually speak? I mean, fluently, I speak English and Spanish, and I can get by in Arabic. And I used to be a bit more well-versed in, in like the basics of American Sign Language, but I've let some of that go. Um, but that was because I got to teach students that were um, hard of hearing. So it helped me learn that. But I would love to be fluent in ASL and also Arabic. You know, I don't think I ever realized that you were more fluent in a or like you knew more ASL. Yeah, we've never tried to communicate in ASL because there was a time when I knew uh, quite a bit of ASL also. Oh, I'm sure you know much more than me. I knew just enough to be able to communicate basics with my students what they taught me but yeah yeah I'd so for me I would say I know I know English well fluently fluent English I can understand a decent amount of Spanish I just don't really speak it and then I I can I know some ASL I can yeah. get by like you said like I remember I had an Uber driver and he was deaf and I was able to communicate with him after like when he dropped me off and he was like so excited because that I could actually speak to him. And yeah. that was a cool experience because it was like recall that I hadn't used. I, I don't use ASL very often, but I used to want to be an interpreter. Maybe I'll look into that again. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing. Maybe we should study it together. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fun. Then we can communicate with each other. Um, if I think about a little bit more about how the experience, how study abroad influenced me, though, I think also, again, just back to kindness, right? The fact that these people opened their home to me and like took me in like I was one of their own, I think it really is probably part of the reason that I never know a stranger. You know what I mean? Just like they essentially were complete strangers and volunteered to do something for someone. And and that goes so so far, I have to tell a funny story. This is not how it influenced me, but one of my experiences in study abroad, that Spanish family was working really, really hard to make me feel um, welcome and comfortable. And it was 4th of July. Well, it was one of the driest years that Spain had had in a long time. And they were like actually having wildfires like in the mountains, so like away from us. But they remembered that fireworks were a part of 4th of July. So my host family thought that they would give some fireworks for 4th of July for me because I was there for 4th of July. I believe they were only like sparklers. Well, a spark flew over the fence to the neighbor's yard. And remember I said it was dry from the fires. It caught their yard on fire and it was like over a fence. So here we are with like a hose. The neighbor's like, I don't think we're home, like over the fence trying to put out the fire. But it just was one of my like 
one of my more memorable experiences of being a, a, a study a student and studying abroad just because they tried so hard to make me feel welcome but also it was like a debacle but a great story <laughs> I mean everything was fine no house caught on fire it just was some grass but just was it just was funny just about people's care and concern and really trying to to really be a good host and I think that uh from what I hear, Axel's, Axel's experience, mom and dad tried to give him every experience that we ever had also, like, you know, just like he was one of their own. Yeah. And like, when you think about it, the time, even though it's like a really impactful time for you and for the host families of while you're there, you're really only there for like, what, three weeks or so? Yeah. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, one of my experiences was three weeks and one of them was a month, I think. And then yeah. I also did one more in college. But that was totally different. That was not a homestay. That was like um, we stayed in hotels and stuff and then studied like architectural history or so they say. If I'm real, we kind of party for three weeks and came back and write a paper, wrote a paper. But hey, you know what I mean? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. That was also fun. <laughs> well, I mean, there's really like the the amount of time, though, like it has such an impact on your life for it to have been mm-hmm. like three weeks to a month of your life. Yeah, that's like such a small fraction, right? Yeah. So much influence. But it influenced and impacted like so many people, right? Like not just you, but also the host family and clearly their neighbors from that fire story. They might have had some dead lawn or something after when they got back. But And um, like trying new things also. Like, you know, like I tried rabbit for the first time. Like, I don't think I've ever tried or ever would. In fact, I don't even know if I actually ate it. What I know is that it was in the paella because that was one of those times when I definitely had to go through the dictionary for the word that they were trying to tell me because the conejo was not a word that I knew at that time. I was like, oh no, Uh, I don't think I want to eat that. Like, can we get some chicken? Can we get some pollo, please? Um, Yeah, that that paella had everything in it. But yes, um, I might have tried just a little bit just because it's like a new experience, but um, yeah, you get to try new things and new foods and new. I'm sure granddaddy would have been proud of you yeah. for eating rabbit. Yeah, but it was, it was it was a lot. I was like, okay, no, no thumper for me, please. No thumper. Little bunny foo-foo. I don't want to see you. Uh-uh, hopping through the forest? Mm-mm, no, I don't. But yeah, that, that's the, you know, some of the influence I had. And I love even the influence from the living through other people's eyes and hosting that you had. I think it's great. And um, I highly recommend study abroad, like for anyone, like if anybody has children and you're thinking about it, not sure, it just changed my life. It changed my world. It just showed me that there's so much more than just what we have here. Um, it opened me up to just be a more um, accepting person and just know that there's many ways to do different things. Yeah. One regret that I have from college years is not doing study abroad. Like, like even though I saw you do it all like growing up, I didn't think about it until it was almost too late. So like by the time I even looked at what an exchange program might look like, it would have put me behind like further than I wanted to be in our school like had to go through another school. Like it just wasn't very easy to make it happen. And I, I so the programs weren't matching up, but yeah. I definitely am glad that I had exposure to study abroad through you and through being a host family. It's time to dig into the files for today's tip. 
Today's tip is about global experiences locally. So we've talked a lot about how we've had people either come stay with us or Brandy was able to stay with them. But what if you don't have the ability to go abroad, but you still want to have some of these global experiences? Some ways that we've found that you can have experiences that open up your world, but while you're at home or close by, are to attend cultural festivals. They're usually in the fall or summer, there's some festivals that you can find. Also taking a language course. We talked about ASL and Spanish and Arabic, but there's lots of languages out there. And then now, you know, the age of technology, there's also apps. So- Apps for all so, the things. You can learn yeah, almost like, any language. Any language you want. But one thing I will say that I like about the idea of a class is that you could have that conversation in real time and see people's reactions and like have a have a teacher correct you. And especially if you can find a teacher whose native language is the language that you're looking for. I and, highly recommend a native language teacher. Yeah. I mean, it's not that other people can't, not that I can't even speak other languages, but I highly recommend you getting a person who's who's a native to teach you that language for sure. Yeah. And also some other ways to be global locally is through international grocery stores. So most areas have an international market of some sort and you'll find different foods than what you might be used to seeing at like your, your big chain grocery store. So you'll be exposed to seasonings. You'll be exposed to even like some of the snacks. I remember having friends that would always bring snacks back from a country that they went to visit. And that's a good I remember, way. To I remember bringing ketchup potato chips and lime potato chips back from Spain. I remember. Yes, I have. Well, now we have brands of chips or like chip flavors have become a thing now in the U.S. But before yeah. they were not a thing because the limon or the lime chips were also some of my favorite from Mexico and I never could find them. But ironically, I have a bag with me. Oh, wow. Here. That's crazy. Who I knew? just bought a bag and I would show it, but it's not in arm's reach. And then also, uh, while we're talking about food, thinking about cooking classes. So you can learn some ways to cook from other places, even locally, if you have some chefs or some cooks that are willing to share um, their time with you. Yeah, and I'm just going to add on to your part about cultural festivals. It's always good to look during heritage months. Like most different uh, nationalities have different heritage months on the calendar. And if you look during heritage month, you can look like on Eventbrite or just do an internet search. And you'll usually be able to find a festival that's like very specific to that culture. And that's a great way to not only hear the language, but taste the food, maybe experience some of their cultural dances or arts and crafts activities. So there's so many ways, even if you can't study abroad, like physically go that you can have some of those same experiences right in your local area. Definitely. So today's tip is to do global experiences locally. Until next time, tune in with us for the Brandon Files. See y'all later. Thank you for rocking with us as we embark on this journey. The Brandon Files podcast is a labor of love. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, IG, and Facebook at Brandon Files and check back for our next episode.